getting you through your workday one hour at a time. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. G'day team, welcome into your Thursday, we hit the 3rd of August already, big old day today, studio guests, I always enjoy having a studio guest, actually more on that very shortly, All Blacks team are being named at 12.30, we'll touch on that at 12.30, I'm going to let you marinate on the selections for half an hour and then we'll chuck the lines open at 1 o'clock and we can debate, remonstrate, regurgitate, hyperventilate about what Ian Foster's doing with the All Blacks team to take on the Wallabies inside the glass dome that is Forsyth Bar Stadium down in Dunedin. Cannot wait. Quite a few people predicting a lot of changes. So get ready. Fire up at one o'clock. Uh, two o'clock, Tony Johnson will join us from Sky Sport. Obviously, we'll go over that team selection, what he thinks it means for certain positions. The Australian team's already been named. Tate McDermott's going to be captain. First time he's captained them. Uh, same backline as last week in about four changes, positional and a couple of injury-enforced forward pack changes for the Wallabies as well. But we'll make one to two the big dig deep on this test match. Um, so Tony Johnson, and we'll also touch on NPC Rugby, which starts up very soon as well. In fact, on um, Friday night, double games on Friday night. We'll also play Show Me The Money. We've got the chase. We'll go back in the day. But it's time to welcome in our studio guest now, uh, Sarah Kelt. Welcome in, Sarah. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Therapist, mental skills coach, hypnotherapy. I don't know if you tap wrists to get rid of headaches and everything like that. A lot of people see a lot of what you do as a little bit of mumbo jumbo. Mm. But that's on first look. I think on second look, I think it's very necessary. Now, we, we know a lot of sports teams have mental skills coaches because of the pressure, the expectation of performance, playing in front of 50,000. We're seeing these footballers um, at the FIFA Women's World Cup, the weight of expectation on them. For athletes, how important do you feel mental skills are in completing or competing at the highest level? Incredibly important. Without um, self-belief and good mental skills or mindset uh, it's very hard to, c- to keep yourself competing at that high level the expectation as you said um, not just from your own self but from your family from your fans from your team is a lot a lot of pressure um, uh, but also just keeping yourself at that level of performance every time you play is very intense and so working on your mental health as well as obviously your physical health is uh, critically important because the physical health can sort of be sorted uh, with external factors like going to the gym and physios and GPs and 
nutritionists and that. But mental health is your own responsibility, right? And I've heard a number of All Blacks, and I'm, I'm picking on them because they're highest profile side, mm. uh, attributing Gilbert Anoka, who is their mental skills coach, he's been with them a long, long, long time, saying without him they wouldn't play as well. But the number one thing is the person themselves, do they have to stick their hand up? Because I, I feel like in that team environment it's given to them. When you're yep. not in that team environment, you've got to go and get it yourself. Yeah, exactly. You have to you have to make the choice yourself to, to choose to seek support, to better yourself, to uh, find better strategies because um, we're not kind of taught this stuff in schools uh, and we should be because your mind is a superpower uh, and we should be taught about you know the, the power of that mind and how you can enhance it and use it to your benefit. Um, so yeah, if you aren't in and don't, or don't have the support of those um, top level teams um, and, and everything that they've got in their physical, mental, emotional well-being, um, yeah, you've got to go and seek it yourself. And um, that can be scary. Now, I know you've worked with top-level athletes, and, of course, we won't be mentioning any names here, folks, just for confidentiality. No. Where's their biggest challenge? Is it while they're competing and while they're athletes, or is it the transition to post-athletic career? I believe that it's the transition to post-athletic career because especially if you're playing at a high level, you do have that support. It's naturally there. You don't need to go and seek it. Um, and you're enveloped in that whole environment. When you leave, whether you're dropped, whether you retire, um, for whatever reason, after you leave, um, that tends to be the what now? Um, I don't I don't have my team to fall back on. I don't have those uh, mentors to fall back on. Um, and they kind of feel a little bit lost. And that's when things can unravel a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I believe it's it's after um, the career is finished that it's the hardest time. Everyday people, the man and the woman in the street, um, we, we're talking more and we're always saying we have to talk more about stress, anxiety, depression, um, you know, the rate of suicide, all, all of this sort of stuff. Is it more prevalent now in your experience or is it more talked about now? Oh, that's a good question. I think um, I think it's a little bit of both, actually. I think it's more prevalent now because I think there is there is so much more stress strain. You know, you know, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be high achievers, to do it all, to have it all, to be it all. Um, so I think that's part of it. Uh, but also, thankfully, it is being more talked about, and I think people are there's less taboo around not being okay. You know, the the expression "it's okay to not be okay," um, reaching out for support is okay. So I think. It's it's a, it's a little bit of both, actually. Um, a mutual friend of ours, Aaron, and if he's listening out there at the moment, Aaron, happy birthday to you, champion, 41 years old today, you absolute champion. Um, he came to me with an idea of doing a pod podcast called We're All Effed. Yeah, <laughs> we um, are. You see a lot of um, people who externally look like they've got their stuff together, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, how many people do you think out there are holding on to – I've labelled it a secret in inverted commas, or who have a, who have a problem, who have an issue, that without intervention they might not be able to help. Now this can be athletes, this can be your bus driver, your farmer, that yeah. sort of thing, who aren't operating at their optimum. Um, I believe at every everybody has troubles or issues or struggles at some point in their life. Obviously, some people have more struggles and troubles during the course of their lives, but um, I think a lot of people. Um, 
are holding themselves back from reaching their highest potential because of the fear of, you know, um, they might look like they've got it um, all going on. Um, and there's guilt and shame about the fact that everything looks all shiny and glittery and gold in my life, but I don't feel great or I've got this really bad anxiety or depression or I'm drinking too much. Mm. Um, and so, yeah. Mm. It's interesting. I've got a she, – she's not an athlete. She's a very, very high-achieving artist. Oh, yeah. And her Instagram life looks amazing. Mm, amazing is. partner, beautiful dogs, amazing house with views. Does cool stuff. Does amazing things. Yeah. And a couple of weeks ago, I said, geez, you look, things are looking great. How's things going? She goes, my life's terrible. Mm. And she said I was the first person she told her about, I'm not going to tell her what her issues were, but I was just like, wow, that's... Yeah. There's a shame. Is there a shame or a perceived shame and people saying, um, I'm battling? I think there is. Yeah, I think people, before they actually admit it, there is shame. But actually, most most of the time when people do admit it and take action to do something about it, they feel this huge sense of relief. Um, and what I encourage my clients to do is actually talk about what's going on. Like having the courage to be vulnerable um, is tough. But once you are vulnerable it, or, you know, talk about your stuff to somebody, um, whether it's a friend or a professional, um, it actually, um, especially if it's a friend in a, in a you know, non-professional environment, it gives them the opportunity to also open up about their stuff. Like people are very guarded. Mm. They don't want to admit what's going on in their lives. But when you do open up, it's like, oh, my gosh, oh, wow, I'm not such a nutcase. I feel like that too. And it's kind of like gives people um, the courage and strength to go and do something about it for themselves as well. Yeah. It's amazing about the stuff we don't talk about, and I don't mind telling the listeners and you guys about my stuff I've had going on. About 20, 20-something years ago, I got diagnosed with testicular cancer. Now, for a bloke oh, yeah. to say I got cancer in the nuts back then was a bit embarrassing. The number of guys that came up to me and whispered in my ear, I've had that, my brother's had that, my yeah, dad's had that. Yeah. That's very, very common. And yes. it, it was just like, oh, that that taught me something. I'm uh, just going to address the text that's come in, actually. Uh, if you want to send a text with a question, um, Sarah will be happy to help, if she can. If yes. she can't, she says she can't. Um, this is more just a recommendation. Uh, it says, my son's a top amateur golfer who has just got skill help from a top mental skills coach. It's the next step and so important when you reach the 20 years old range onwards. That's going from teenager to adulthood. You yeah. won't have all the skills mentally to develop, right? Uh, as a teenager? As a teenager. Yeah, no, you don't. That 20-year-old yeah, sort of yeah, stage. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no reason why teenagers can't learn to develop their mental skills. And they do talk a little bit about mindfulness and mental you know, strength and stuff at school. But um, yeah, I mean, certainly at top levels like that, that is certainly something that you, you should be focusing on. Especially like t team sports is one thing, but when you're playing for yourself and you're the one that can let yourself down, tennis, golf, things like that, uh, that's really intense pressure. Mm. Yeah, I just can't imagine what it would be like for, like, I don't know, Richie Moonga. He's got a kick to win the Rugby World Cup. Oh, yeah. And it's five metres in from the sideline and it's 35 metres out. He knows he's got an 82% record from that spot and he's going, is this me? I'd be, is this the 18% where I'm going to miss? Yeah, all eyes on me. How do, you, how do you teach or train or help athletes and people with – that sort of pressure on it's them. That, it's like all of it's, and it takes practice. 
it's like mental strength, like talk, like self-belief, that internal dialogue. It's like having that belief, like rather than going, oh my gosh, what if I can't? What if I do this? What if I, all the pressure? It's like, no, I've got this. I believe in myself. And, and obviously practice, relying on your practice. But I truly believe visualization is, is really important as well. And the top sports people, tennis players, golfers, cricketers, basketballers, practicing and visualizing the feeling when you're doing it, seeing it happening. And so I'm sure that those those uh, top sports people are doing that. It's You've got to stay in your head, stay focused on what you're doing and absolutely send away any negative self-talk. Mm. The most famous penalty kicker, I reckon, in New Zealand history is probably Stephen Donald's one, Beaver, um, who's a, who hosts the show after this one oh, yeah. with me each day. And his mantra was, watch the ball, follow through. And even in that World Cup cauldron, when they zoomed on his face, you can lip read him, watch the ball, follow through. Right. So is it about creating new habits for yourself so that external stuff doesn't yeah. Yeah, 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 and and like laser focus, being totally present in the moment with yourself, catching that that mental chatter, and just blocking it all out because it's just noise and clutter. So self belief, um, yes. self confidence, self awareness. Why is it so hard for us to tap into that ourselves, and why do, why are we our biggest enemy? Oh, that's a that's a very big question. Thank you. <laughs> that's a, I'll sort where do my I start? Off and sit back and drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so. Self-belief, I, I like 99.9% of the time with the work that I do with people, um, uh, the, the, the patterns of behavior that they develop, addiction, depression, anxiety, whatever, um, come from not having self-belief or feeling like they're not good enough. And that actually starts when you're very young. Mm. We go to school, our, um, we compare ourselves to our friends, that person's good at math, that person can read, that person's really pretty, that person's great at rugby. And we, as children, we think, oh, I should be good at all these things too because that person is. And so we start to um, have this self-doubt um, and then that kind of feeds and grows and develops and then we have experiences. So your beliefs at the subconscious level are formed because of the feelings you have when you're having experiences in life. So the feelings are really important, your emotions. So if you're feeling like, um, okay, so you go to school one day and your little friend doesn't want to be your friend anymore, the feel, your best friend, like, no, I don't want to play with you and then want to play with you again. It's like, oh, as a six-year-old, you know, um, that your feelings are really hurt and you start to think, oh my gosh, well, maybe I'm not pretty enough. Maybe I'm not fast enough. Maybe I'm not um, clever enough. Uh, maybe I'm not good enough, and that starts the negative. And that the, sits the with doubt. you for life. And well, it's it can do depending on the 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 ferocity of the feeling. But once the subconscious belief is formed, your mind is very clever, and it's going to prove to you that the belief you have formed is correct. So it will find more examples in how you be in the experiences of your life that proves to you, yes, that means I'm not good enough. Mm. Um, and so. Um, I truly, truly believe that this like self-belief and self-talk and really um, um, building your sense of self-worth should be taught in schools because um, that is the crux of most of, a lot of these um, mental health issues, addiction, etc. We are in studio with Sarah Kelt. I've got so many more questions now. <laughs> I'm going to take a break. We have to get away to a break. I'm going to come back. I haven't told her I'm going to do this. I'm going to ask Sarah about Sarah. And I'm no therapist, but I just want to—I want to know what's led to this to help people like this because I think it's bloody awesome. Um, with so many career choices out there, when someone chooses to help people, I want to find out why. So stick around with us, Sarah Kelt, back after this. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ.
Welcome back in. We have Sarah Kelt here who helps a lot of people, athletes, sports people, men, women, children, I guess, too, Sarah. But I said before the break, I want to find out how you've come to be doing this. So can I please ask you, Sarah Kelt, mm, yes. uh, I would imagine you haven't done this your whole life. Uh, what did you used to do? So, no, I haven't done this my whole life. I um, went to university and started out as an investment banker. Um, so I worked in London and Dubai for many years um, and um, in that job and living my life doing doing the things. You know, I've had a, a varied and different life just like everybody does. Um, but I suffered really badly with anxiety. Um, Brought had, on by the job? Or? Um, I think so, yeah. Life, your lifestyle, yeah. Obviously, um, I was a female in a very male-dominated environment. I wanted to be successful. I pushed myself hard. You've got to compete kind of twice as hard when you're a woman and the old, competing against the old boys club. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I had um, anxiety but, and depression, but underneath that, referring back to the low self-worth. I never thought I was good enough, didn't like the way I looked, or, you know, all, the, all that stuff. Stuff that came from that. Um, and so um, I ended up um, feeling sick to death of how I felt and knowing that there was more available for me to feel better and not have anxiety anymore. So um, in my kind of quest for healing, I discovered um, RTT, the hypnotherapy that I do. Um, and then all the other little, um, I've done lots of training programs and coaching and all the things. Um, and so then I, uh, it, it really worked for me. It resonated. I had amazing results myself. Um, and so I decided to retrain. And at that point, I had three kids uh, and didn't want to go back to the high pressures of a corporate banking job. Um, so I um, decided that it was time for me to retrain. And um, what really drives me is that I, I, I know how awful and disgusting it is to, um, to be in your body and in your mind when you have anxiety, depression, addiction. I don't have addiction, but I understand addiction deeply. Um, and I really want to help people get out of that. And I truly, truly believe it's possible to live a life without anxiety, without depression, without addiction. Um, and I actually truly believe that it's easier than a lot of people think. So, Did you believe it was doable before you sought help? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Mm. Um, I mean, I, and I had tried a little bit of this. And I think that's the problem. People try a little bit of this or go to a therapist here or try this Reiki healing or whatever. I mean, whatever you're into, they try a little bit of this or a little bit of that. Um, and it doesn't make a difference. And so they think, well, I'm the one that I'm never going to get better go to the doctor, take medication. Medication's great and it's helpful for some people, but you know, medication really is just a Band-Aid. You're not actually dealing with the root cause. Understanding the root cause of what is driving these patterns of behaviour is the most important thing, and that's what I do with the hypnotherapy part of what I do. That word hypnotherapy. Yes. Can, to a layman like me, yes. uh, sound a bit confronting, mm -hmm. sound a bit, Woo woo. Which doctory? Yes. Um, unthreaten that phrase for me. Yeah, okay. So, really, hip, when you're in a state of hypnosis, you're just deeply relaxed, like being in meditation. And meditation is a really acceptable you know, thing that lots of people do these days. So, when you're in hypnosis, you're just in a relaxed brainwave state. Anybody who wants to be hypnotized can be. And I cannot take over your mind. <laughs> I think we've been given a really, well, hypnosis has been given a really bad rap because people have shown, been, you know, the, the hypnotist uh, entertainment Make shows. Make an onion. Yeah, yeah, or, you know, squawk like a chicken, bark like a dog and do silly things. That is entertainment. What I do is therapy. Um, and when you're in hypnosis, you're in a really relaxed state. And I kind of say what happens is your conscious mind, which is your judgment and your ego, 
is kind of in the background. And we uh, do, I ask you lots of questions because 95% of your memories and your belief system is in your subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind is kind of like the, the programming that runs the conscious, the, the thoughts, the behaviors, the way you act, etc. And so in hypnosis, the conscious mind is kind of in the background. And so when we're doing our talking, um, we get to the juicy answers because they're all stored in your subconscious because you're your, your judgment and your ego isn't kind of there dominating the show. And so we, f- we go back to the feelings, the times, the events, et cetera, where um, you've had experiences that have created these limiting beliefs. So I think in pictures, and the picture I've just drawn is yes. like my mind is a big scotch chest and the top drawer, which is the socks and undies, that, that's my conscious mind. Exactly. And all those other big drawers are my subconscious exactly. mind. I can open them, but are you saying without help I don't know how to open them? Um you need to learn how to – self-hypnosis is absolutely possible. You okay. need to learn how to do self-hypnosis. Um, but, it's, but, yeah, it's absolutely possible to kind of dig around in there and, and find that special pair of trousers that you wanted to wear. Mm. Um, yeah, but it is, it is a technique that you kind of need to learn or be shown. Yeah. Do you get people say you won't be able to hypnotise me? Yeah, I do, yeah. Um, and um, that happens quite a lot. Oh, well, I've tried it before and I didn't think I was hypnotised. It's actually like – You've got to go into there. I mean, I can't hypnotize someone who doesn't want to be hypnotized. You've got to go into there believing and knowing that you know, this is right for you and this is what you want to do. Really, you've got to be prepared to relax. Mm. And before I actually work, So is it a trust thing? So if you said to me, I want to hypnotize you, I don't trust you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, if you went to someone who felt, felt a bit dodgy, yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't you wouldn't relax enough to, to let them, um, you know, get you into that really relaxed state. It's, it's giving super you easy. my I keys. Could, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, look, I, I see myself as a guide. I'm not I'm not doing anything that you're not in control of. I'm just asking you the right questions to find the answers. And so it's kind of like we see these common threads and loops and understandings, and that's where we tie it all together. And when we do tie it together, this the, the clarity and the understanding you get of yourself, I truly believe is the magic bullet to what I do. Because without that understanding about what is driving or where these, these behaviors have come from, it's hard to make the changes at the conscious level, which is really like taking action. We have to take action. If nothing changes, nothing's going to change. So the understanding gives us the wisdom and the knowledge to make the changes we need to make in how we think, how we behave, how we're living our lives, which support us out of these patterns of behavior, addiction, anxiety, depression, etc. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm wondering, societal-wise, is what you do mainstream enough? It's becoming more and more mainstream. People seek out hypnotherapy. I mean, people search for, you know, therapists or whatever, and they find me and they're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. That sounds really interesting. It is becoming more and more mainstream um, uh, because I think people are, are also seeking answers more. They don't just want to go on medication. They want to find um, real answers and take real action to, to help themselves. Mm. We're going to talk more about that. Uh, Right now we can take news, sport and weather straight after the news as long as the New Zealand Rugby Union have followed through on their promise that they're naming their team right now. I'll give you that straight after the news and then we'll get back with Sarah. Welcome back in. Here's your All Black team to take on Australia. We will open up the lines from one o'clock. Here it is, full back. Will Jordan. 
Right wing, Sean Stevenson. Other wing, Leicester Fa'anganuku. Uh, then we have Braden Enor, Anton Leonard-Brown. Damien McKenzie will wear 10. Finley Christie, last chance to dance, big guy. He's in the nine. Adi Savia, eight. Sam Kane returns and will captain. Uh, Sam Apeni-Finau with a debut. Sam Whitelock, Brady Retallick. Nipo Lalala, Tamaiti Williams and Samasoni Tokiaho will be your front row. And on the bench, Dane Coles. Offa Tuungafasi, Fletcher Newell returns. Tupo Va'i, Luke Jacobson. Aaron Nuggie-Smith for his farewell test at his home ground, which I think is fantastic. Richie Moonga and Dallas McLeod, debutant off the bench. As I say, think about that. Let it wash over you. And we'll open the lines from one o'clock. But right now, we are joined by Sarah Kelt, a therapist, mental skills coach, sports and non-sports, the whole shebang. Um, I talked about mainstream and how mainstream the work, the work you do. Uh, I had no convincing to me how necessary it is. Um, I've had on this show Mike King, who does a lot of mm-hmm. work around um, mental health. Uh, Dave Latelli, I'm a big supporter of Dave Latelli, who yep. works in South Auckland with Butterbee Motivation. He gets no assistance. Neither of them get assistance from yeah. the Ministry of Health with funding. Is funding a barrier for people to access work like you do? It is. Yeah, the short answer is. And unfortunately... Um, Funding in the public health system is not enough and it's very limited. And if you get on those waiting lists, uh, you're there for weeks and weeks and sometimes months. So um, needing private funding to work privately is um, is important. Um, yeah, but funding is a pro- There is options and there is availability, but it, you've got to jump through a lot of hoops to get that support. Because... F- Financial stress, I'd oh, imagine, is one of the big huge. ones that you have to deal with. And if yeah. you've got financial stress and, you, and you, you can't afford a bag of spuds and onions and baked beans, you certainly can't afford to get um, interventional help yeah. like you offer. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely correct. Yeah, and so that make, adds to the stress, right? Mm. Makes it harder. Yeah. Mm. We talked about common threads before and you said self-belief seemed to be 99.9% that's the root. Yes. So is that the main thing that you work on with people is like, yes, I know you've got addiction. Yes, I know you've got dependency. Yes, I know you've got anxiety, but do you believe in yourself? Yeah, is that's, that that's where exactly you start? it. So um, often people don't relate to, if I just said I help people with their self-worth, um, they wouldn't really understand what I was talking about. So I, that I, I believe that the coping strategies are the anxiety, the depression and the addiction. But underneath that is the, the self-worth or the not feeling good enough. So yeah, essentially what I really do is help people understand themselves better and build their sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Mm. Mm. Is, have you found that the hardest thing for people to do is that very first step? Yeah, actually, and that's the feedback I get. It's like the hardest thing is was making the call to you. So I, I work with people over a number of weeks, and the, you know when we have our catch-ups, it's kind of like the hardest thing I've realised now. I thought the giving up alcohol was going to be the hardest thing, but actually that's been really easy. The hardest thing was, one, acknowledging I've got a problem, admitting it, and then making the call can be really scary because it's confronting. Um, and I always start my calls by I acknowledge that it takes a lot of courage to reach out for support. Well done for doing that because it is scary. How can we make what you do less confronting, less triggering? I, I, like, I guess like any business, your, your best endorsement is word of mouth. Yeah, um, and yeah, people say, yeah. go and see her. Aaron yeah. told me about you. Yes, yes. Uh, you yes. Know, a mutual friend of ours. Um, yeah. He said, you've got to get her on. She's just so good. And But we talked about public, I don't think stigma is too strong, but public and not apathy either. What am I talking about? Uh, reluctance. Right, yes. Um, 
it's just going to have to chip away, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I and I do I really do think it it is because it's becoming you know. M- just more socially acceptable to talk about your problems. Um, but yeah, it is a chip away. Um, although I think um, Kiwi men, you know, have got to be tough, got to be strong, take a concrete pill, harden up. Um, I, I really think we have got that wrong. And as parents, we must be responsible for helping our, our sons understand that talking about their feelings, dealing with their stress, their anger, their emotions, um, they must do that just as much as our daughters must. Um, yeah, I, I really feel for Kiwi men because there's a lot of programming and conditioning about having to be tough. Uh, I, I thought I'd work mostly with women, but actually I work probably predominantly, significantly with men now. And I love working with men because it takes a lot of courage for them to reach out for support, but when they actually feel seen and heard and get to work on, you know, feeling better, um, they flourish and thrive, and it's a, it's a really fulfilling job. A lot of people have um, therapists slash counsellors, and I've always scratched my head. I've never been to a therapist or a counsellor, but um, how's it going with your therapist? Oh, great. How long have you been seeing them? Two years. And I'm like, is it mm-hmm. helping then? Um, yeah. And I, used, oh, I probably can't poo-poo one profession, but I used to – can I? No, I won't. Um, and you just have to check and just go, should I keep doing this? I've been going for two years and I'm... Yeah. And it becomes a reliance, treating the symptom, not treating the cause. And I saw Agreed. on your website, it's called Rapid Transformational Therapy, which yes. is which is a big word sandwich. Yes. What I take from that is you can, with how you do things, you can do it quite quickly and quite rapidly. Yes. Another big question, I guess, how do you do that? quickly. So the rapid transformational therapy part is the kind of hypnotherapy that I practice. Right. So that is a special technique. Um, uh, it's a it's a special method. There's lots of different processes and that is unlocking the understanding at the subconscious level, which is why it is rapid, as I said earlier. When you get that understanding of what is driving the root, co- the, the root cause or what is driving these patterns of behavior, then we get to take action at the conscious level. So um, back to your talking to Pete, you know, going to see your therapist every week for, for five years. I mean, that's great for some people. It's not great for everybody. And I actually believe that every time you talk about your stuff, you dig it up again. It's like picking the scab off the wound. You're kind of staying stuck in it. Mm. What I do is help people understand the root cause of what's going on. And then with the coaching work, it's about taking action. I give you tools and strategies and coping techniques to support yourself so you don't have a reliance on a therapist, right? We are all responsible for our own mental, emotional, physical, spiritual health. I can show you the way. But you have to actually do the work to get yourself out of the place that you're stuck in. And that's kind of that's, that's the premise of how I work. I'm there to empower you, to give you the tools, the strategies, the coping techniques, the understanding, so that you can work with me for a while and then go get busy living your life and you've got the tools you need and off you go and be the best version of you. That's interesting. I said to you before, I think in pictures, that friend of mine I said who's been seeing a yes. <clears throat> counsellor slash coach, whatever it is, for four or five years. My understanding, or my take on it was you keep it going and opening that book, opening that same book, yeah. opening that same but book. So, you, so do you open the book at the start and go, okay, that's that story. Let's close that book and write a new one? Yeah, I, I, exactly. I um, What I say is, so we have a coaching session first, then we have a hypnotherapy session, and we have to dig into the past a little bit to understand it and change our perspective of it. And then we focus, so we leave the past in the past. We can't change the past. We can change our perspective of the past. We can use the past to fuel us to move forward, to have the motivation to move forward. 
once we've had that hypnotherapy session, I'm all about focusing on what you do want, focusing on where you want to go. Mm. Your, and then again, it's about mindset, right? The thoughts and the pictures you create in your mind create your reality. So if you're constantly thinking about poor me and the things that happened and my life sucks and negative self-talk, you're going to stay stuck. If you change that mindset, focus on what you do want, the life you want to live, the life you desire to live, you're focusing on that and that's what you're moving towards. Mm. Yeah. Um, just got a few text messages here. One just saying where are you based? I can tell she's based in Auckland. Yes, but I do work over Zoom. You do work yep. over Zoom. Is yep. it as effective on Zoom? It is actually. Um, so specialising in uh, helping people with anxiety as well. Um, hypnosis is all about relaxing, as I said before. Um, when people are in the comfort of their own homes, you know, going to a clinical environment and battling traffic and finding a park stresses you out <laughs> and kind of takes you away from being relaxed. So I would say about 90% of my, um, cl- my my work is done over Zoom. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I work with people all around the country, lots of people in Australia, a little bit in the States. Um, so, yeah, it, Zoom is just as effective when you're in the safety and comfort of your own home you're more likely to relax and then we're going to have a really great session um if you really feel like you the 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 being face to face is going to be more beneficial for you um i work out of a clinic in parnell for face-to-face hypnotherapy sessions wow yeah Mm. Almost want to come along and do it. Yeah, you should. Like, honestly, I true, like. like everybody needs to have this experience. It is the most amazing, profound experience. It's hard to articulate until you have the experience. But when people kind of wake up or come, mm. you know, like mm. f- come around from the hypnotherapy, they're just like, wow, like, oh my gosh, like, like that was the most amazing experience. And then, you know, I have my follow-up calls and they're like, I don't know what you've done. I'm completely perplexed. It's like you're some sort of white witch or something like they really are. Mm. It's not about me. Mm. It's about them doing the work. The lesson, I, the, way. the lesson I got in having a crack at something was, and listeners will remember that we're listening at the end of last year, I got a guy in studio, much like you are now, mm. from Canaplus that do the CBD oils and stuff yes, like yes. that. And I'd had chronic shoulder pain for two years yes. and I hadn't slept for my <sighs> life, my whole life. I just had been a poor sleeper. Yes. Um, three months later, shoulder 100%, 100% and I'm sleeping all through the night Wow! with very small doses. Yes. And I was paranoid because when I'd sampled said product as a teenager, yeah, I, right. I was paranoid. Yes, yes. And I said, I hope this doesn't make me paranoid. Yes. I had to take a, for me, it was a massive leap of faith to give it a crack. And I am so pleased on that. And now I sound evangelistic about yeah, right. it. Yes, yes. So I'm going to take a leap of faith and maybe come and see you. Um, yeah, yeah. Honestly, like what we, what we, what we do is, is awesome. And you just, yeah. Before we go, um, yes. how do we find you? Ah, right. So um, you can search up Sarah Kelt. Uh, my, my company name is MindsetTransformations.com. Um, so you can go. I've got lots of information on my website. Uh, I've got. You can book a free call if you want to have a chat with me. Um, I can talk you through the process a little bit more. I also have some online programs um, which are really accessible and affordable. Um, one's about um, un- building unbreakable self-worth. That's an awesome course. Um, and there's another one called Stop Drinking Fast. Um, and it's all about, obviously, helping people be free from alcohol. Um, so those are a few ways, or you can work with me one-to-one. Um, so you can book a call on the website. I've got my phone number on the website. You can email me. Um, and I'm very friendly, and I'm non-judgmental. Um, I just want <laughs> and people to... And you've seen it all, I, right? ha- I really have seen it all. Um, and I truly, truly, my, 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 my why is just to help people uh, not feel like crap. Mm. <laughs> so, ju- uh, yeah, I think um, instead of a big, long website address, just Google Sarah, you say... R-A-H. Yes. S-A-R-A-H. Um, K-E-L-T. Yes. Put a gap between them. Yep. Her website will pop yep. up and jump on there, get in touch, and a free call. 
No obligation free call. You may as well do that. How long can they talk to you? So for? about twenty minutes. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. Do yourself a favour, people. Sarah, great to have you in the studio thanks today. So much. We'll catch up again. Yeah, thanks. We'll come back after a quick break. Uh, let's launch into this all black side.